Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the USC Football Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? I'm Nara Wang, and this week I welcome back my regular co-host, the two-time national champion at USC and NFL defensive lineman for 13 seasons, Frosty Rucker. Before we get to our Trojan talk, how's your voice? Is everything all good with it now, Frosty? Man, I'm ready to rock. It's been too long. It is good to have you back. And of course, if you enjoy listening to our show, please subscribe and rate us wherever you find your favorite podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. The website is Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, and on social media at Believe Podcasts. For me, you can find and follow me on Twitter at Nara Wang Sports, N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports. Frosty, remind everyone where they can catch up with you on social media. Once again, I'm at The Organic Frost. And since Frosty hasn't been on the show in a bit and has missed out on discussing most of what has happened with USC football during the offseason, we're going to dedicate this show to getting his thoughts on the coaching changes that have happened and what he thinks about the schedule facing the Trojans. Beginning with the coaching moves, Todd Orlando is replacing Clancy Pendergast as defensive coordinator. Sean Snyder takes over for John Baxter as special teams coordinator. Dante Williams is in as cornerbacks coach and defensive pass game coordinator. Vic Sooto is the new defensive line coach. Craig Navarre is leading the safeties. And John David Baker was elevated to tight ends coach after being an offensive quality control analyst last season. Johnny Nansen, Greg Burns, and Chad Kauha-Aha'a were all let go from Clay Helton's staff. So let's start with new defensive coordinator Todd Orlando. He was let go by Texas after the 2019 season and had actually agreed to go to Texas Tech as assistant head coach and linebackers coach before USC came calling. Frosty, is this a good hire for the Trojans program? I think the program is so excited just to have new energy in there. I think some of the defenses we ran in the past few years were a little bit predictable. And now with a new coach coming in from a good stalwart of a program like Texas, will help with recruiting, they'll help with a new scheme, and I think it'll catch the Pac-12 off guard. And Todd Orlando, of course, is someone who has come into a lot of the different places that he has coached at and done well in the first couple of years, maybe, but then it kind of tailed off. That's what happened at Texas. That's what's happened before with him. Do you think this is a thing where they're hoping that he can come in and provide a big jolt to what's been going on? Because the last couple of Texas defenses actually probably weren't even as good as the USC defenses that we've seen the last couple of years. And that's correct. And obviously, there's a lot that goes into that, injuries and whatnot. And again, like you said, when he started off, it was hot, and then it cooled off a little bit, right? So just like anything else, people could have caught on to the scheme. You don't know what assistance he had around him. So I'm not going to judge. I'm just here to say I'm glad there's new energy. All right. So now let's talk about Sean Snyder, the son of the legendary Kansas State coach Bill Snyder. 
He was hoping to take over for his dad there in Manhattan, Kansas. That didn't happen, of course. And so now he has decided to leave the middle of the country to come out west to Hollywood. And he was a guy who was an all-American punter for his dad as a player and has turned into a really good special teams coach over the years. And again, based on how SC has been under John Baxter, I think a lot of people are really excited to see what Sean Snyder can do as the new special teams coach. Right. And I share everyone's opinions on that. Replacing Coach Baxter is a huge jump. I think that's one of the biggest improvements we're going to have on this team. Special teams is such a focal point as football is a three-phase game. And I think this coach is the perfect fit for what we want to do, what we want to establish. You know, he's coming from a very good program that his dad ran for a very long time. And they pride themselves on discipline and playing hard-nosed football. And I think that's, again, some of the characteristics we want in any of these coaches in our program. We are, of course, looking forward to seeing what he can bring as Kansas State has had many good special teams units over the years that he was there in Manhattan, Kansas. But maybe the biggest hire from a recruiting standpoint, because that has been a focal point of many of the fans and analysts' disappointment with USC over this past season, is going to be the guy that SC took from Oregon, Dante Williams, who is coming in as cornerbacks coach and defensive pass game coordinator. He is a guy who grew up in the Los Angeles area and has gone on to become known as one of the top recruiters in the country. And I think that is a steal for SC to take him away from Oregon, especially because he just helped deliver one of the top recruiting classes to Oregon this season. And now he is coming to USC. Obviously, that didn't help SC for this year's recruiting class, but you would think going forward, Dante Williams is a guy to look out for. That was the hire of the year for us. Where we're struggling is getting these five-star recruits and these guys leaving L.A. to go to all these other schools in the Pac-12 or, heck, even to go to Alabama and stuff. These guys have been leaving, and now we have a stronghold on recruiting, and that has been our Achilles for the last few seasons, not being able to get the five-star recruits. So if guys flip-flop and come now, that would be great. But going forward, I know being grassroots and recruiting and a familiar face that's going to these high schools up and down California is going to be in our favor. And shout-out to Mike Bone for making that move and paying the guy and putting him in position to make SE back on top. And of course, I mentioned that he has ties to Los Angeles. He played his high school football at Culver City High School, went on to Pasadena City College, and eventually ended up being an all-Big Sky player at Idaho State before he jumped into his coaching career. And he has some USC ties. He is a cousin actually, of former SC players Chris Richard and Darnell Lacey. So he's a guy who has some Trojan cred in his background, and now he's going to bring his well-known recruiting prowess to SC. And I think you're right, that might be the steal hire of the offseason for SC. The most recent hire is Vic Sooto from Virginia, where he was the defensive line coach there the last three seasons. 
He played at BYU for Bronco Mendenhall, who is now, of course, the coach at Virginia. So he coached under and played under Bronco Mendenhall. And now he brings his brand of toughness to USC as the new defensive line coach. Of course, that was your position for so many years. What do you think of the hire of Vic Sooto? I think it was a great hire. The things I've heard about this guy have only been great things. He's a hard-nosed coach, as he was a player. He gets the game, and he gets the most out of his players. Again, we need more D-linemen. We need more guys with attitude. We need more guys that are physical and want to fight to the end. And I think we got a great coach in that, great energy. And again, this is about us restoring who we are. And I think bringing guys in the program that played and or coached at a very high level and got the most out of their players is definitely key. And that's not a knock at the old coach, but if we get better in that position, it only makes the team better. We were just speaking about Dante Williams' kind of USC ties. Well, Vic Sooto is a second cousin of all-time great Trojan Junior Seau. He grew up in Carlsbad, went to Carlsbad High, so some SC and SoCal ties there with him as well. Yeah, that's very unique to have these guys with these ties like that, some prominent SC figures. And again, this is what we need. We got to restore our glory and... It takes things like this and efforts like this. I can't say enough, but I think Mike Bone has us in the right direction. For sure. And we will talk more about some of the moves he's making a little bit later when we talk about the schedule as well. Let's talk about the new safeties coach, Craig Navarre. He comes along with Todd Orlando. He was a coach under Orlando in Texas, actually ended up being the interim defensive coordinator for the bowl game after Orlando was let go by the Longhorns. And now he follows his defensive coordinator West out to L.A. And what do you think about SC now splitting up the defensive backs with Williams coaching corners and Navarre coaching safeties. I think it's good. You know, I was a big fan of Coach Burns. He coached when I was at SC. He was one of our coaches and won rings with me. And again, this is about energy. This is about something new. Obviously, we can't make any decisions on why they're there or why they're not there anymore. But Coach having someone that he's very comfortable with, that he can throw things off, and someone that really knows what he wants. It's going to be huge, you know, and again, it's another guy that can be on the ground helping with recruiting. They're familiar, and I like the move. And just to cap it off with the John David Baker move, he was on staff last season. He, of course, is tied to offensive coordinator Graham Harrell, had coached with him prior to USC at North Texas. And now he moves up from being just a quality control coach to being the tight ends coach, which was a position that had been handled by John Baxter. But he's a young kind of up and coming coach. And so he's a guy who is very closely tied with Graham Harrell. Yeah, I mean, that's good. He has a football background from playing and just another opportunity of coaches getting a a chance and going to make the most of it. I feel really comfortable where the staff is going. I don't know if they're short-term fixes or long-term, but I'm here for the energy. I'm here for just a new day, and I'm excited for it. Any final words about the coaching staff changes as a whole? What do you think these new guys bring to USC going into the 2020 season? Well, I just think they understand where this program has been. I honestly think before they've been hired, 
they probably got grilled pretty hard on what they're going to stand up for, what they're going to stand by. And if they cross all the boxes on physical, smart, and dedicated players and who they're going to recruit, young men that want to be great men and great citizens and great ball players, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for leaders. And hopefully we got our guys. And of course, if you enjoy listening to our USC football podcast, you can subscribe and rate our show on all of your favorite podcast directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. The website for the Believe Podcast Network is Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, and on social media at Believe Podcasts. For me, I am on Twitter at Nara Wang Sports, N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports. Frosty, again, where do they catch up with you? They catch me at The Organic Frost on all your social networks. And now let's take a look at the USC schedule for the 2020 season. It is one of the toughest in the nation. Of course, we all know it starts off on that September 5th in Arlington, Texas, against the Crimson Tide of Alabama. And then from there, you go back home to the Coliseum for the home opener the next week against New Mexico. Follow that up with that always early season matchup, it seems, with the farm. Stanford is going to be a tough one on September 19th. Close out September against the Arizona State Sun Devils. And then it's a short week as on October 2nd, The Trojans have to travel up to Utah to take on the Utes. Follow that up with a game at home against Cal. Then on the road to Tucson against the Wildcats of Arizona. There's a bye week. And then Halloween will be against the Colorado Buffaloes at the Coliseum. Then what I think is maybe the hardest closing month for any team, the crazy November, it's going to be at Oregon, followed by the Huskies in L.A., Then the Bruins cross town. And finally, of course, the Notre Dame fighting Irish. What do you expect to see out of USC given that schedule for the 2020 season? Well, if you look on paper, it looks like a number of those teams have a lot of returning good players. They're going to be high ranked, I think, preseason polls. I feel like this is a year of resurgence and we fight back a little bit. And I think we settle the score with a couple people, especially Notre Dame being home this year. Notre Dame being at home is such a big game. And I think we'll finish this year a lot stronger than we have. And right now, I'm positive about what's going on. So as we keep leading up to the season and moves get made, there's a few things, spring ball. We'll see who's ineligible. We'll see who gets injured, who doesn't. But right now, I'm excited where we're going. I know we start off with a very, 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 very tough opponent. (laughs) Very tough. We've tried to play this team in the past, and it hasn't suited us well. I know that game's probably been circled in the locker room, in the weight room. Everywhere they look, they know what's coming with that game. And it's either we're going to get exposed or we're going to expose the other team and make this a very competitive game. I'm very excited to see from spring ball all the way to fall camp, how this team responds, how they get after it, how they compete, how tough they are, and how much they want it. I'm excited about that. I think we're going to even the score on a lot of different people. And that last game versus Notre Dame at home, I think that's the one that is going to really show us that it's either we're back or we still got a lot of growing to do. 
Yeah, it is going to be a big start to the season one way or the other. It can really be a springboard if SC can do well against Alabama, or it could really hurt everyone's feelings about the Trojans if they were to not play well in that game. So that game is really important to kind of maybe springboard SC into a positive feeling about the 2020 season. Do you have any early thoughts on what you think the record is going to be for SC? Today, no, I don't. I want to see how spring and fall camp go. I want to know about eligibility. I want to see if we get any other people with our new grandmaster of recruiter. You know, I want to see what happens before I give a prediction. How about you? I mean, right now, I think it's going to be tough to expect more than what we saw maybe last season. I'm thinking it's going to be possibly in that eight win, nine win type of range right now. And I mean, depending on who the losses are against, of course, if they're going to lose to an Alabama, possibly to a Notre Dame, but those are non-conference games. They could still maybe contend for a Pac-12 South championship and go and play in the Pac-12 championship game. But I want to know, what do you think is required for Clay Helton to remain as SC's coach? What has to be the record? Does he have to win the Pac-12 South? Does he have to win the Pac-12 what does he have to do to remain as SC's coach? It's safe to say if Coach Helton's going to be the head coach of USC in 2021, he's going to have to finish this season with 10 wins, a strong finish at the bowl game. You know, he has a revamped coaching staff and a heck of a recruiter. So 10 wins, a strong finish in the bowl game. He'll be the coach next year. I can say that today. Yeah, I think I would agree with you. If he can get to double-digit wins and closes out with a good bowl game, especially if it happens to be the bowl game for the Pac-12 champion, because this year the Rose Bowl is part of the playoff, so it would not be where the Pac-12 and Big Ten champs would go and face each other. We'd have to see what would happen there. But yeah, I would say that that would be a successful season. I am just not sure right now with some of the pitfalls that lie in that schedule if that can be done. And so we will see if you will end up being the coach in 2021 where there was some news made in the last few weeks. AD Mike Bone has made the decision, and I think this is one that all USC fans are happy with, to take UC Davis, an FCS school, off the schedule in 2021, giving them a reported $725,000 buyout and replacing them with San Jose State. This will allow USC to remain one of the only three teams in FBS, or what used to be Division 1A, never to play an FCS or lower team, which is Division I AA or lower. And of course, those other two teams that have never done it are the biggest rivals for USC, UCLA and Notre Dame. And I think this is one that everyone is unanimous on, that this is a good move for USC to keep that status of having never played an FCS team intact. It's the right move. The fans love it. I love it. It's what you do when you're in that position. You come in here and Mike Bones has to do a lot of cleaning up to do with some of these decisions that have been made from probably the last decade or so. He's got a lot of cleaning up to do, but I think we got the right guy. He's came in. He's heard everyone. He's listened to our podcast, I'm sure. He's listened to you be so down on the program that now he's going to be answering all your, your questions and your concerns. So that was a great move. 
the fan base. I know if that's a step closer to what we want to regain something, it's about legacy. It's about who we are. And we should never even have scheduled that. And I'm glad it's not on there anymore. Yes, I would definitely say that that was a move that when it was announced was a positive move that fans can rally behind because they're looking for something to rally behind. I think everyone wants SC to be successful. And this was just one way to be able to keep the spirits up among USC fans. So definitely a good move. And listen, you can even argue whether UC Davis, which has usually been a decent FCS team compared to San Jose State, which has tended to be more of a down FBS team, what the difference in quality of that game may or may not be. But it doesn't matter. I think everyone wants to keep that status of being one of those teams that has never played an FCS team. And we can be the ones who can say that we're not going to be like an Alabama or some of those SEC teams that schedule some softies from the FCS just to basically get almost like another bye week. Right. And that's what a lot of these other teams do. And I think it shouldn't, I wouldn't say be allowed because it does give opportunities for these lower tier teams to play some high competition. But these games are blowouts. And We don't need to ever get to that level. We are a power five and one of the best football programs out in the land. So we should never go down to that level. And I'm glad it was done. Let's just continue to only get better from here. For sure. And of course, this is the USC Football Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. If you enjoy listening to us, you can Find our show wherever you get your podcasts. That's iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Please subscribe and rate us. And the website, Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com. On social media, it's at Believe Podcasts. For me, I am on Twitter. Find and follow me at Nara Wang Sports, N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports. Frosty, what is your social media again? I'm at The Organic Frost and all your social networks. So before we get going, Frosty, how'd it feel to be back in the saddle? It's good, man. Good to be back. I'm looking forward to a great season coming up with our fans and our listeners. Get ready for some exciting stuff. This will be an exciting year. Awesome. Great to have you back as well. So for Frosty Rucker, I'm Nara Wang. Thanks for joining us for episode 24 of the USC Football Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in L.A. and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? And as always, please remember to fight on. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.